0: Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co host and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is episode 85 of the show, and I am thrilled to be joined today by a longtime blogging friend of mine whose work I admire so very much, the very awesome Meredith Schwartz. Meredith is a wife, a mom of four kids, and during the day, she's the CEO of a large wedding website, But her real passion project is her website, Penelope Loves Lists, which she began back in 2009. The site's tagline is that it's devoted to the unapologetically organized, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So hi, Meredith. Welcome to Sorta Awesome. Hi, Megan. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to join us on Sort Awesome. So thankful for that. So all of you happily organized awesomes, this is the episode you've been waiting for. We're going to talk all about the awesomeness of the organized life, including some of Meredith's favorite tips and tricks for happiness in organization and time management. So we're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes, but first... Let's go ahead and start the show the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. Meredith,
1: I'm so excited to hear what you brought for us this week. Oh my gosh. And I have to tell you, I had 10 different ones. It's been the hardest thing to narrow it down because this is my favorite part of the show. So, but I've narrowed it down. Okay. So I wanted to choose something that I use almost every single day, but I don't really hear mentioned very much. So I'm, you know, a little bit over 40, just to squish. And so how my skin looks is becoming more and more an obsession for me and how my skin looks without makeup. It's really something I'm interested in. So, you know, those um, brushes, the Clarisonic mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. skin brush that you can buy and they're like $129. Yes. That is not my awesome of the week. Okay. <laughs> I have never been able to pull the trigger on, on that because about a year and a half ago, I found that Sephora also sells... A really handy little brush that is for the exact same purpose. Uh-huh. It's called the Cleaning Me Softly Face Cleansing Brush. It's ten dollars. Oh my gosh! Whoa! I keep, I keep it in my shower, and every other day I put a little, a little bit of my facial cleanser. And you now the downside is, of course, you're using your own hand to go around in right, little right. tiny <laughs> circles. You don't have the, you know, you yeah. don't have the thing doing it for you. But you know, thirty seconds on my face. And it just kind of takes off that top layer of whatever's there and makes it feel really soft and fresh. And it's $10. I've had it for a year and a half. It's not even gross or moldy or mungy or anything. It's it's a really, really great, awesome little product that I use all the time.
0: I cannot believe I have never heard of this before. Tell me the name of it again. Did you say Cleaning Me Softly? Right. It
1: seems like it should be Cleansing Me Softly, but it's Cleaning Me Softly. And it's $10 at Sephora.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, as you know, I am staring down the barrel of 40 just a few months away for me. And uh-huh. yes, for the first time, I'm like super serious about skincare in a way never happened before. So I'm totally going to check this out. I also have never um, invested in the Clarisonic and all the other ones. So $10 is much more <laughs> in my price range. So. Right.
1: $10 in just like 30 seconds every other day. So it's, you know, cost effective and time effective, which for me, like I'll take every 30 second, you know, thing yeah. I can get. Totally,
0: totally. I love it. Well, we will put a link to that in the show notes. So any of you awesomes who are listening, who want to check out this amazing little gadget for your shower to keep your skin looking great, you can do that. So, well, my awesome of the week is something that I'm super into right now. And it's something that is going to confirm how very deep my crunchy roots tend to run. <laughs> so <laughs> Meredith, you and I, we got to know each other during my blogging days. But for those of you who are new to Sorta Awesome, you might not know that for many years, I had a blog called Sorta Crunchy. But I have to tell you, my Awesome of the Week this week is totally crunchy. Just everyone be prepared for that. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited. Yes. Well, something I've really gotten into, probably in the past year, I've, I've experimented with it a little bit before, but I'm like really into it these days, is using flower essences as natural remedies. So um, people have really kind of taken up looking at essential oils and all kinds of herbal remedies. I feel like that has really become a lot more mainstream, Uh, maybe especially out on the West Coast where you are, Meredith, it's more Mm -hmm. mainstream to look into some of these natural remedies. So, you know, a few episodes back on episode 77, I talked about how the motherwort extract has been really helping both me and my oldest daughter with some of our anxiety issues. but. I gave the caveat that the particular brand I was using tasted really awful. So when my friend and a really active member of our Hangout community, Jessie Lee, she's the one who suggested Motherwort to me like months ago before my trip to Lebanon. When she heard me say that it tasted so terrible, she was like, whoa, wait, like the kind I have doesn't taste bad at all. It shouldn't taste that bad to where, you know, it's really a struggle to swallow it. So that kind of put me on the path to finding a different motherwort essence that doesn't taste as terrible as the one I had been using. So I remembered that years ago when I was blogging at Sort of Crunchy, I came across a company called Calm a Mama. It's a woman owned and run business and she specializes in these flower essences. So I went to check out her site. She did have one preparation of motherwort left and I got it. But while I was there, I remembered that she has all of these other blends that she has that target specific things. So I went ahead and ordered from her, her blend for happy, for focus, and for calm. And what she, her name's Hannah, the woman who owns, who started and owns Calma Mama, What she does is she blends together these flower essences, which is just what it sounds like. It's it's a distilling process where you just get the essence of the flower herb that's being used. And she blends it with um, an herbal hydrosol. So the way she describes it on her website is that the hydrosol, which is the herbal part of the remedy, it really targets what's going on with you physically. And the flower essences which many of you might be familiar with flower essences if you've ever used Bach remedies, like Bach's Rescue Remedy is a really popular flower essence treatment. So she has the flower essences blended in with the herbal hydrosols and that supports you emotionally. So I ordered these three in addition to the motherwort extract. The motherwort tastes great, by the way, just here to update. I don't know when she'll have those back in stock, but... I've really been enjoying the flower essences that I got from her. I'm going to talk a little bit about the one for happy because um, it really has been a great mood lifter. And I think, you know, here we are in the dead of winter. Um, mm. All kinds of things are happening um, nationally and in our culture. And maybe you just need a little pick me up. Mm-hmm. This, <laughs> this, These happy drops have really been fitting the bill for me. So she takes a rose hydrosol. Rose is the champion of the heart. She says it's incredible for healing stress, especially that which is hormonally prompted. So I happen to take this at a point in my cycle where I needed a little help getting those
1: happy hormones sure. back on track. <laughs> yes, my husband will be ordering a case of this. <laughs>
0: yes, it has been a great help. So she takes the rose hy- hydrosol all. She adds then chamomile flower essence, which helps when you are moody or overtaxed or if you're having a difficult time letting go of tension. And then she also adds in hyssop flower essence for self-acceptance and forgiveness, particularly if you're having a hard time being critical or judgmental of yourself. And then also she adds lemon balm essence, which is good for calming and nurturing the body and the mind. And it's good for when you're emotionally burnt out, or disheartened. So this blend in particular has been saving my life these past few weeks since I ordered it. So I knew I had to share it with the awesomes. Any of you who are also into the crunchy and herbal remedies, you will definitely want to check these
1: out. Absolutely. I think that sounds, that sounds perfect. And you're right over here on the West Coast, you know, if if you can order your smoothie with dandelion in it. So it's, (laughs) It's uh, something we totally accept as not even necessarily being crunchy, just being normal.
0: Just being normal, exactly. Not so much here in the Midwest where I live. But it's gaining traction for sure, for sure. So, all right, well. As I mentioned, you and I have known each other online since my blogging days back at Sort of Crunchy. And the way that we got to know each other was I we kind of became mutually interested in each other's work. I loved what you had been doing at that time and have definitely developed over the years at Penelope Loves List. But I realized I've never really gotten to hear the full story on how and why You started Penelope Loves List. So let's just start at the beginning. Who is Penelope? You're not Penelope. So (laughs) who is Penelope? And how did you have the idea to develop this site?
1: Well, you know, what's interesting, as I was thinking about talking with you today, I realized that I don't actually think I've ever told the entire story. Ah, I, I kind of go over it a little bit on the website, but I was really thinking, so, right. So the name Penelope came from, conversations that my sister and I would have over email. And Penelope was kind of our code word. We would sign off as Penelope in a way of saying, you know, there were certain eccentricities or peccadillos about our personalities that we really understood in each other. And Penelope was kind of our code word for, I get you, I hear you, you're not weird. So an example of this would be, she sends me an email saying, oh, Meredith, I got into an argument with my husband today. He wanted to rush out for a baseball game for one of our kids. And I looked and saw that the living room was covered in Legos. And I just really, really quickly had to clean the Legos up. And he's irritated with me. And he's saying, just leave it. We'll do it later. And I'm saying, but what if we get in a car accident and the police have to come into our house and they see the (laughs) Legos everywhere? He's like, you're insane. Just leave. And so She emails this to me and I'm like, I totally get it. I would have done the exact same thing. Yes. Yes. And we would sign off those kinds of emails. Penelope, like I get you. Oh, I love it. And so my sister and I are, are very similar people. And it's funny because it evidenced itself from the time we were really young. When I would go trick or treating, my very favorite part of the experience was not the costume. It was not the candy. It was the sorting of the candy. Oh my gosh. When I came home.
0: I have a total Penelope in my family,
1: one of my daughters.
0: (laughs) And just, I never even thought about it. But yes, that is her favorite part of Halloween, too. Oh my goodness. Right.
1: So that is one of the ways that you can identify if you have a budding Penelope in your house. So um, also, one of the ways you can identify they're usually really looking forward to maybe spending some time on the weekend cleaning their room. Oh wow, yeah. And you and you might also find that they tend to feel a lot better after they get a chance to do that kind of thing. You know, I remember being 8 years old and it was time to line up for class and looking back and trying to convince all my classmates that maybe we could not only line up to go in but we could line up real straight. <laughs> These kinds of things, you know, the evidence themselves, and we were really young. And what was interesting is that as I grew up into adulthood and got out into the work world and realized that I was really type A, that's a label that we get a lot type mm-hmm. A, yes. really driven, really detail oriented. Um, there were things that I tended to be attracted to in friendships. I tended to be attracted to people who were kind of the same. And so, as I would get to know this kind of person, I would realize there were big upsides to this personality. We were really organized, really normally have our stuff together, um, especially from the outside. It looks like we really have our stuff together. Um, But then there were big downsides too. And so as I really kind of dug into that in my friendships and my relationships, I realized that Penelope was a type of person. And this was really the watershed moment for me. And so that's what a Penelope means. It's this type of person. Usually people are born Penelopes, right? Yeah, you kind of are or you aren't now there are, I have found gradations. So someone might be 30% Penelope or Penelope in certain ways. So other people are, you know, they kind of are all the way Penelope in every way. And it just, you know, it really um, runs the gamut. But you kind of are or you aren't, and there's not a lot that you can do about it. And that's kind of, I was thinking about having the tagline, instead of being unapologetically organized, being compulsively organized, that was the first version. Right. Because there's really an element to this personality that is, I kind of can't control that this is the way that I am. So I need to really just optimize it instead of trying to make explanations for it. So that's when I hit upon the idea of starting the website. And from the very beginning, I've been so super happy. The thing that makes me the most happy is that I get emails all the time. I just got one three days ago from Australia from someone saying my whole life I've been this way and I thought I was weird and I thought I was the only one. And now I know I'm not the only one. And there's a whole group of people who are exactly like this. And we really get each other and can be a support to each other. We kind of go through the same things, good and bad. So that was really why I started the website so that people felt like it's okay. It's okay for me to be this way. I don't need to apologize for it.
0: Let's talk about that a little bit, the feeling like you need to apologize. And in fact, that that was such a great example of the email thread back and forth with your sister of, you know, she wanted to just at least get the Legos cleaned up. Her husband was annoyed with her. I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I would say I'm like 25% Penelope. Like there are definitely parts of my life that have to be done a certain way. But a lot of my life, I wish so much, oh, I wish I could just be completely naturally organized, like it came easily to me. And I find myself being jealous of people who have that, that internal drive to be organized. But I know that you can explain from your perspective that there are moments that are not awesome about being a Penelope about having this internal drive to be organized, to be managed, to have everything in its place. So let's talk a little bit about that apology aspect of it.
1: Right. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think about that is that there tends to be kind of a passive aggressive bias that you that you hear when this kind of person is described. So some of the ways that, like I said, we're 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 usually called Type A um, perfectionist, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. overachiever, um, control freak. Now these aren't words that are praising words, right? Right. These are words that are kind of passive aggressive, and so. Um, one of the things I wanted to say was, you know, I've been called a control freak all my life. Well, I wanted to arrive at a place where I didn't want to apologize for that. Now there are places where I need to really, um, give myself grace about it, but also I need to have some strategies for making sure that my natural tendencies don't override other people or, you know, that I can be the best mom. I can be the best wife. I can be, But I wanted to stop apologizing for being the way that I was. And there are some ways that that there are some really big struggles of this personality type. And they evidence themselves in a couple different ways. One of the things that um, comes to mind first for me is in in friendships, this can come up. So I wrote a post a couple of months ago that really... um, resonated with a lot of Penelope's and it was called I was Relieved When You Couldn't Come. And so what happened was I had a really good friend, a really good friend, like would lay in front of a train for me, good friend, who was having some of our friends over. And it was just a low-key dinner. I couldn't come for some reason. I think my son got a cold. And so a couple of days later we were talking about it. No, oh, I missed you and you know just the normal stuff. And she was saying, but you know what's funny is that I was sort of relieved when you couldn't come. oh no, And, and she said it absolutely not in a hurtful way sure. at all. Mm-hmm. She was saying it in a really um, authentic way mm-hmm. where she was, and I said, I, I kind of stumbled just a little bit. And she said, you know, when I think about you coming to my house, I start to look at my house through your eyes. And I start to think it's not clean enough. It's not tidy enough. It's not Whatever, and so one of my frustrations, or Penelope's frustrations, is that when you know I might keep my own home a certain way because I, that's just the way that I want it. In fact, Kelly mentioned something a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about um, the things that you don't do. Yes, and she talked about how she she t- she keeps her her home tidy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Not because she's worried someone's going to come over not because she's worried about what someone else is going to think, but just because that's the way she's most comfortable in her environment. Yes. And so, and and I would say that is really, really common amongst the Penelope community. But when I go to someone's house, I am not going around with a white glove, right. testing for dust. I don't even think about those things at all. And so that's something that can really happen it, that can kind of shade our friendships, which is that people can assume that we're making judgments that because we need things to be certain ways kind of, which is because we need to be sane. they are ways sure. that we keep our own sanity that we expect other people to be exactly the same way. And so that's one place that it can kind of trip up a little bit because I don't want to feel like someone's relieved if I don't Oof. go to their house, you know yes, what I mean? But definitely. again, my friend was, was so awesome about explaining, you know, exactly how she felt about that. And it gave me a good opportunity to say, when I'm in your environment, I'm actually more relaxed because I don't have that same compulsion when I'm in someone else's environment. I, I can kind of take off that mantle a little bit. So that's one way that it can, that it can definitely come up. Another place that I hear all the time about this coming up is in marriage relationships or relationships where people co- you know live live together and the way that Penelope's need their environment to be kind of crashing into Sure.
0: Sure. It's that it's that age old opposites attract thing. I I can hardly think of any pairings whether it's you know marriage or whatever where people are like we both are like super passionate about being organized, or we're both completely just like let everything go. It all—it seems like almost always we're on different ends, you know, again, to varying degrees, but on different ends of the spectrum. So I'm sure it can definitely
1: cause clashes in those situations. It can. And that's one of those things where we have to walk a line between saying, look, there are certain things that I need in order to be able to be comfortable. You know, I just can't be comfortable if... You know, you might want me to sit down and enjoy a movie when there's a, a huge sink full of dishes. And I need you to understand that for me, I can't enjoy that movie when that's there. I can hear the dishes yes. hardening, it's you know, like the dirt on yes. the dishes. It's distracting. And so I think for me, when people ask me for advice about how to deal with that, you know, I think, first of all, communication is, is key, that we need to really speak our truth and say, look, this is why I need to do this. It's not because I'm trying to be a jerk. It's, it just will really help me. And then also we Penelope's need to really work on opportunities to say, you know what, how much can I give on that without making myself nuts? So there's a, there's a balance to be walked there. But I think the number one advice I give, and it's advice that I've given to my very Penelope daughter, who's um, 21 years old, which is try to find a guy who maybe is not exactly like you, you almost certainly won't, But try to find a partner in your life who appreciates the upsides of your Penelope personality. Yes. Who thinks of them as being good things and not something that they want to change. Yes. And that is really empowering. My husband um, is really, really awesome at saying, you know what, if you weren't like this, this huge project wouldn't have gotten done. Or I really appreciate how you always make sure all the field trip permissions are done and turned in on time and I really appreciate how we, you never the kids never miss a doctor's appointment and just saying I see that what you do makes my life better you know he might be okay with a level of clutter that that I'm not okay with but just having him see me who, for who I am and have and be positive about it is inordinately helpful so that's usually if you if you haven't made your final choice yet Try to choose a guy, who or a girl, if you're if you're a, a, a what we call a Penelope, which is a male Penelope, um, who really appreciates that part of you.
0: I love that. I love that. And I think that even going back to that example with your friend, it really does come down to to communicating, you know, with each other, with you being able to tell her, you know, I would never sit here and judge your house, and the communicating with a partner thing of just like this is what helps me be my best self helps me be my best version of me. I'm the same way about dishes, which it's funny because Kyle, my husband and I, we do we have different things that are important to us in terms of organization and um and tidiness. I'm one of those, I cannot deal with dishes in the sink. I cannot deal especially at the end of the day, dinner dishes on the counter. And so years ago, we had to have that exact conversation of like it's not relaxing to me to say, "Oh, I'll put off the dishes until tomorrow." That It's it distracts me so much. I just keep thinking and thinking about how uh, awful the mess is in the kitchen, and I can't fully enjoy. If I can just take fifteen minutes, throw it in the dishwasher, then I can come and fully enjoy the movie.
1: So exactly. And if you know that about yourself, and you can really plainly say that, you know, it definitely helps. When I go and stay with, um, you know, if I go on a girls' retreat with with some of my friends, most of whom are Penelope's, to be fair. But if I go and I say, you know beware, I'm going to make the bed in our hotel room every day. And it's not that I expect you to, but I'm going to do that because that's who I am. And I'm just going to own that. And so, but kind of preparing people (laughs) for the the whole of that experience is I find really, really helpful. I love
0: that. I love that. Well, let's talk about some of the awesome things, some of the things that you really do love and that you have found that you can celebrate both in your personal life and on the website on Penelope Loves List, some of the things that you love about being just fully unapologetically organized.
1: Right. So there are a lot of really, really big upsides about it. And, you know, like I said, my kids have clean clothes. They have a home where they can always they we can we we don't lose things in my home because everything has a place and even my little one who's five he knows that this is what we do when we take something out we put it back in the in the same place and even he has found the benefits of doing that you know we you know we're not late to things my natural Penelope nature keeps us from from being late. In fact, we're often 15 minutes early. And um, so that's, you know, that's really helpful. There's the stressors that we don't have to deal with. I also think, you know, from a work perspective, it's a huge benefit because um, being naturally really driven and naturally really organized and detail oriented, I think in any career is a, a, you know, is a really, really big help. And it's definitely been one of those things by accepting this as my natural, way of being. And by not apologizing for it in my career, I think it has led me to being where I am today. I think if I had tried to tamp down some of that, because I was afraid that maybe the way that I did things would make someone else feel bad, or like they weren't quite doing as much as I getting as much done as I get done, because Penelope's, they tend to get a lot done in a day, whether they work outside the home or in the home mostly because we have a really hard time sitting down or relaxing, which again, does not mean that that's a better or worse thing. And you're going to hear me say this a million times. It just is how we naturally are. Right. Yes. So there's absolutely nothing in us that says I'm being completely authentic. I am so jealous of people who can be like, you know what, that laundry needs folding. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read a book because it's an awesome it's a, it's an awesome book. I'm totally into it and it can wait. There is a big part of me that is extremely jealous of the ability to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um. So, you know, that's that's something that uh, is is more difficult for me. So, but I tend to get a lot done in the day. Yes. Yeah. And that's really helped me, by the way, being a working mom. There were a lot of times in my life where I could only work eight hours and I was working as a paralegal in a really big law firm. And so there was a big pressure to work many more than eight hours in a day, but I had a two year old and I couldn't. And so luckily I was able to get as much done in eight hours as a lot of other people were getting done in 12.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, And that was because I had an action plan at the beginning of the day because I'm great at time management because my to-do list led me through all the most important things. So yes, huge upsides for, for being this way. But again, you know, also downsides because it can make people feel uncomfortable. It can make people feel like you're judging them because maybe they aren't getting the same amount of stuff done. And again, that's the, the biggest fallacy. There just isn't that judgment. It just is the way, you know, we run on a different kind of speed on a different kind of clock. And, um, accepting that that's a good thing and not apologizing for it. That's what we do at Penelope Loves List.
0: I love it. I love it. And and out of that, you have created this amazing community for Penelope's at Penelope Loves List. One of the things that I love to read on your site that I always look forward to is when you're talking about a new either like organization system that you found or even something really practical like organizational tools. When you talk about really being into something, I'm like, oh, I'm going to pay attention because if Meredith is into it, it's must be good. (laughs) And you know, and you're in the hangout group on Facebook with us. And as you know, there are tons of threads, we have lots of discussions about you know, how do you organize this? Organizing Legos, that has become a reality in my life with, with two almost four-year-olds who are super into Legos. I feel like our home has been taken over by Legos. So like the Lego organization threads, I'm always like, yes, please tell me what am I going to do with
1: all of this stuff? Right. So, right. Um, we actually wrote a post on that. And it's one of the ones that I really like because we have the most low-tech solution for this. It was one, one of my fellow Penelopes who, who wrote about this, but she basically said that she was really having a hard time with the Legos, you know, being out type of type of thing. And so she would just put down a blanket, and then they could play with the Legos. And then when she needed, she needed the living room to be cleaned up, she would just swoop the blanket up, set it to the side. And then the next day they would just lay the blanket back down, rearrange the Legos and they were right there. And so it was a really low tech solution, but it it solved it for everyone. The kids didn't have to feel like they had to reorganize them into perfectly color coded (laughs) boxes. (laughs) Because I I will tell you, there are a lot of Penelope's that they're really fighting, wanting their kids to, no, the red Legos go here. you know, and you're just not going to get a four-year-old boy to to do that. Or, you know, it's a rare four-year-old boy who's going to put their Legos back like that. So just swoop it up in a blanket and then swoop it back down the next day and everyone's happy. I love it. I love it. And that is why you are such a trusted source for all of these organizational
0: problems and solutions that we are looking for. So I ask you to think about like, what are you, maybe like your top three, either tips or tools, little hacks that you have found along the way for happiness in organization, because I know there are a lot of awesomes who are listening who are either naturally Penelope's or who want to, maybe we're aspiring to be more Penelope-like who would love to hear from you.
1: What is at the top of your list? Okay. At the top of my list, as far as sanity savers is something I call capture methods. So you probably find this in fact, I'm sure that you do with all the different things that you're doing. You have random thoughts that are going, swirling around in your head all the time. Yes. Even when you're doing something else, you'll have this random thought, this random idea. So I make a point of having capture methods all around. at, at I work at two different desks in my house and then in my kitchen and in my shower, Yes. by my bed, um, all the places where I am likely to have a thought either about something that I need to do that I want to capture that, or an idea that I have, a blog post I want to write, a person I want to talk to, I I forgot I wanted to share. A lot of our mental space can get taken up with kind of trying to hold those things until we get to a place where we can write them down. And I find that I'm a lot more effective if I always have at hand a quick, either a a stack of post-its or a little notebook that I can write that in, rip off the page. And then one time a day, I usually do it last thing before I kind of close down the house at night. I get all my cat, all my little post-its and things that I've, that I've captured. And I put them into my one big notebook that I use to actually execute on those things the next day. Uh And so That is just a way to keep all that stuff from swirling by your bed is a really, really big place to make sure that you have that. Sometimes we wake up at two o'clock in the morning with that one dumb thing. I need to schedule the dentist appointment. Yes. It's so amazing how just writing it down will just let you go back to sleep. Yes. So capture methods, I find to be really, really, really important. I love that.
0: You mentioned the shower and we've talked a few times on the show that the shower actually really is a good idea generating space because it is it activates the part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex that, that likes to generate ideas and you're not doing anything else. And so these ideas are bubbling to the surface. I have more than once, more than twice stepped out of the shower <laughs> and been like, grab a towel. I have to write this down right now while I'm thinking about it. So even just being like being a little bit proactive about it and having, you know, maybe like a dry erase board or some kind of something to write well, down right. right there. So what you
1: need is you need shower notes. Yes, and I've heard of these. I never Yeah, So it's a them. pencil and a special waterproof notepad. Yes. And it's exactly like writing pencil and paper. Yes. And I, I use the, the heck out of that. And it's interesting that you say that too. One of the things that I had done was I had started, um, I got a speaker for the shower because mm-hmm. I wanted to listen to podcasts yes. while I showered. And I loved it. And then I quit doing it because I realized that I was now taking away one right. of those times in my day where I could single task Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: and just have quiet thoughts. And I really do, you know, I come up with a lot of, a, a lot of stuff in the shower. So yes, have a capture method in the shower and shower notes are my go-to for that love that okay what else is on your list okay so as far as time management and we get a lot of questions about time management um the, the the biggest strategy that that i have in fact i believe in it so much that i actually kind of force every member of my staff to take part in it is block scheduling Okay, and so this can be used if you work outside the home, but also when I was on my maternity leave with my five-year-old, well, he was a newborn then, I absolutely used block scheduling when I was staying home with with him because A, not having a schedule kind of makes me itchy. Mm -hmm. So a block schedule gave some structure to my day when I was at home on maternity leave. And certainly when when you're involved in a project or when you're working, having a block schedule where you group like tasks, so I wrote a couple of blog posts, actually a two-part blog post about this where I go into a lot of detail about it. But basically, you need to decide what are the things that are most important to you to get done in that day. Uh-huh. The really big things, the big rocks of your the priorities in your life. And then you wanna build your block schedule around those things. And also build in some smaller blocks for things like checking email, um, you know those smaller more admin tasks that we need to do but really making sure that you're grouping like tasks and then once you do that really living by your block schedule and saying you know what i said from 10 to noon that i'm going to do this kind of work i'm going to relax into being able to do that and really let my brain get into it and we've read all the studies about how difficult it is for our mind to switch back and forth and how much efficiency we lose by trying to do that so I put my phone on do not disturb and I literally will relax into whatever that important work is of the day. And again, if I'm staying at home, where that comes into play is if I have a week off and I'm staying home, you know, with, with my little one, we'll have a block that is completely devoted to playing a couple of his favorite board games. And the benefit there is I'm saying, you know what, for that period of time, I'm not going to be trying to make sure the kitchen's the way it needs to be, or this is that, you know, I'm going to really be single tasking and focusing on what I want to be doing with him at that moment. So block scheduling is really helpful in the weekdays and the weekends for me. And like I said, I, I, everyone who works for me, I, I really kind of force this issue because I just find that the amount of not only efficiency, but really the amount that your brain can relax when you can relax into that Block schedule. A lot of really fantastic and um, creative work can get done when you can get deep into something.
0: I like that so much, and I kind of struggle with this because I have one of those brains that's always thinking about all the possibilities that are going on. But it, I have noticed when I really am like I am devoted to even if it's just something as you know, it doesn't even require that much brain energy. Is like cleaning out an old in, email inbox or something like that. If I can just you know promise myself just for this set amount of time i'm going to do this and then i can go explore all the shiny things that you know are awaiting my attention um it's just it really is such a stress reducer so i definitely have done a little of that and i want to implement more of it in my life for sure right so okay what is the third thing on your list
1: okay the third thing on my list is kind of a combination of a larger concept, but then also I'll tell you how I actually execute on it. So my phrase for the year is progress, not perfection. Good. Yeah, I like that. And this is something that I think a lot of people really, really struggle with. And I struggle with it in a lot of areas of my life, a lot of areas of my life that I don't have a whole lot of control over. So what I want to say to myself is each day I just want to see a little bit of progress, or even I just want to know that I did something to work toward a little, I did whatever I could to work toward a little bit of progress. And I think that's important conceptually, but the way that I've been executing on it is I I do a morning routine where I do some journaling every morning and, um, the last thing that I do each day as I finish that journaling is I identify a couple places where I'm wanting to see progress mm. and I de- identify daily the little bit of progress that I have seen. And the benefit here is that I'm forcing my brain to actually kind of measure and write down that progress. It's one of those things we can get really wrapped up in, well, sure, right, I guess it's a little bit better, but we can when we can actually write down how things are moving in the direction that we want them to be. It's a little easier to rest in the notion that things don't have to be perfect right now, or that if they're not perfect right now, it means that I'm somehow doing it wrong.
0: Ah, yes, definitely. Definitely. That's so good. I've actually kind of been thinking about that too, um, in reading some stuff about goals and breaking it down and figuring out, you know, like putting numbers on your goals, quantifying them, I've come across a couple of different places that have really emphasized that there's that you cannot always control the outcome of of a certain thing. For example, if I decided I wanted our social media numbers for sort of awesome to hit a certain number, I can't always force that number to happen, but what I can control is my effort or my team's effort that you know that I can say, okay, this is what we're going to do as a team to get to this we can control our effort, even if we can't control the outcome. And so looking at those little bits of progress along the way, I feel like that really resonates with that idea of like, what are we actively doing to make this happen? And like celebrating that, even if the outcome doesn't end up being exactly perfectly where we
1: hoped it would be. Exactly. Right. What we're looking for is the progress, not that ultimate outcome that, that, that we had been aiming for. And if we can make the progress, the goal, then each day we can feel like, yes, I made that goal today. Yes. Maybe I set my bar pretty low, but that's okay. I made I made that goal today. Some days the bar's a lot higher, you know. So it's 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 something that I'm doing it every day on purpose because it's something that I really have to um, I have to be really intentional about focusing on on the small bits of progress.
0: That's so helpful, and again, I think that's so applicable. Whether you work outside the home, in the home, whatever your whatever tasks you're responsible for, that is such a great and applicable system. So, before we wrap up, do you have any closing thoughts or any words that you would want to say to the awesomes who are listening, particularly of the Penelope persuasion?
1: <laughs> Absolutely, it's been so great to be able to talk about this. I'm I'm so delighted when people kind of realize, like, oh, hey, wait. I'm, you know, I'm not weird for thinking the guy from sleeping with the enemy was, you know, creepy, but wow, he did wonders with a medicine cabinet. Like, (laughs) you know, that's not weird. That's, 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 that's okay. It's a group of people. So, and I've been so excited to be involved in this sort of awesome hangout group. And I know there, there have been a lot of threads where it's made me realize, like, there's a lot of Penelope's in this group. And yes. so yes. we all just need to embrace it and not apologize for it.
0: Yes. Well, for anybody who's listening, who wants to come and check out your work, who would love to be part of your Penelope community, remind us where we can find you all around
1: the web. Right. So the best place to go, of course, is Penelope dot com. And then also very active on our Facebook page, which is Penelope Loves Lists. And then on Instagram at Penelope Loves Lists. Excellent. Well, if
0: you would like to find the show on social media, remember that you can find us on Instagram at Sorta of Awesome Show, as well as on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta of Awesome Meg. Meredith, again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to sit down and celebrate all of this Penelope wonderfulness today. I so appreciate it. Oh, it's been awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffer, and Laura Tremend. Visit us on the web at sortaawesomeshow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at pragermusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old.